0: Hi, I'm Chris McBride, a Gen Xer, and the pop culture from my generation is awesome.
1: And I'm Yance Eaton, a millennial, and the pop culture from my generation is dope. Episode 59, the best Christmas movies and TV specials. <laughs>
0: I'm Chris McBride. This is Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. Yancy Eden is in the house as always. Yancy, I I wanted to share a story if I could. Would that be okay? Yeah, yeah,
1: uh, yeah sure. Since That's we're cool. talking
0: about Christmas stuff on the show this week, okay. So my son, my son, I've talked about him before on the podcast. He's eight years old. Okay. So a couple months ago, he saw this watch at the store, and he really wanted to buy this watch. And so I told him, okay, if you want to buy this watch, you have to save up your money. And you have to save it up. And the only way you're going to save up money is, you know, you're going to have to do some jobs. So I went through and I made like a list of extra jobs that he has to do. So he has to go in the backyard and clean up after the dog. And I pay him money for that, you know, a couple bucks. And he empties the dishwasher. He's raked leaves. He's been shoveling snow. It's Canada, you know. And Mm -hmm. he, every time he does these jobs, I give him a set amount of money. And he just, he's been working and working and working and saving and saving and saving. And he puts all of his money in this money wallet that he has. And like I say, he's working really hard. He, he really wants this watch. So anyway, day finally comes. He's got enough money in his money wallet that's saved up to go and buy this watch. Okay? So mm-hmm. I, make a, I make a quick stop at the mall uh, on the way there. I'm a multitasker, Yancey. You know, my wife's always got me stopping, you know, to run errands, right? So go figure. Anyway, so we're leaving the mall and we're heading over to the watch store and there's a man outside the mall entrance and he's holding a sign he's asking for money right and it says like he's got something on his sign it says like please help merry christmas right so we're walking out of the mall toward the truck and i can see my son he's he's looking at this guy mm-hmm. and we get in the truck and we start pulling out of the parking spot and i can tell my son is in the back seat and he's looking over at this guy so i stop and i said to my son is there anything you want to talk about is there something on your mind and he says dad i'm sad I said, why? He said, I'm sad for that man. So I said, do you want to go talk to him? And he nods. So I pull the truck over and we get out and we walk over to this guy. I kind of hang back a little bit, you know, I let my Mm -hmm. son walk up to him and he walks up to the guy and he reaches in his money wallet and he takes out the watch money and gives it to the guy. Really? And this guy's reaction was just incredible. Like he was just, he was incredibly thankful and he's just it's just like he just came to life. He was like, oh, Merry Christmas. And, 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 and what, 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 have you been good all year, young man? What, what did you ask Santa for? And I think it almost felt like the, the time that he, he spent just talking to my son was as special to him as, you know, any money that he got out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Christmas is a special time to me. It always has been. I love Christmas. And for me, it's all about giving, not receiving. And I tell you what, if I didn't understand that before, my son taught me a lesson. That's for sure.
1: Isn't that nice, though, just getting that, that affirmation that your son is just inherently decent? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that doesn't have to be taught for him to have empathy for others. He just kind of has it. And I sure hope that you still bought him that watch when you guys went inside. But
0: <laughs> I it, mean, it's, it's, it's going to be under the tree. Ah, alas, a Christmas present. It's going to be under the tree. We actually, I thought about that and I thought, okay, that was, and I of course praised him. And the thing is too, as a parent, a lot of times you find yourself questioning, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing this right? You know, and then sometimes you get an affirmation like that and it just makes, oh man, it made me feel so good. So um, yeah. So anyway, I went back and got the watch and it's going to be underneath the tree from Santa with a note explaining to him that he did a good deed and then he got the watch. So it's almost like a win, win, win. You know, everybody got a win out of this one. I think it was good. I had a colleague actually um, that I had kind of shared this with and they said, you know, it's just awful. I shouldn't even say it, but I'm not going to mention any names, but they said, ah, the guy's just going to use it to spend the money on booze, you know? And I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, okay. So even if he does, if, you know, if that little bit, if that gives him some sort of respite. From his pain, or if it gives him some little joy in his day, that's otherwise a crappy day. Well, mm-hmm. I don't care. I, I yep, don't I, care. You know what do I care? My son learned a le- you know I learned a lesson from my son. My son you know showed me a lot about himself. That guy got something out of it, whatever it was. And you know, my son's going to get a note from Santa Claus, you know, under the tree as a result. So I'm okay with it. You know, I don't know. Is that crazy or?
1: Uh, it's not crazy at all. I. I grew up in a big family, and I wouldn't say that we were, like, dirt poor or anything, but, you know, there were times where it was extremely financially trying, and despite that, despite, like, the challenges that we did have having, you know, four siblings, and uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, my dad worked, but, um, you know, there's a lot of mouse if feed. We still were all, like, taught at a very, very young age that you were always open and, and giving and generous with your money and with your time and um, even now like if I don't have cash on me or something I'll always ask people if they're hungry if, if you're if you're legitimately hurting or needing something and, and I don't have cash on me I'll find a way to feed you because I've been hungry before and it sucks um, but that whole that whole spirit of just like giving um, was the guy probably going to go buy booze with it perhaps um, but one of the beauties of like giving openly and with an open heart is that you don't have to worry about what people are doing with that um, some might say that's like a, like a it creates a culture of enablement or Uh, I I don't know. I don't really think that it's up to us to be the moral like arbiters of other people and how they give out their money. But I think it's just nice if you're able to do things for people who need help, then you just do them and and hope for the best.
0: Well said, my friend.
1: Anyway, I just wanted to share that. And it's not pop culture
0: related or anything, obviously, but uh, it did have to do with Christmas. So anyway, uh, you want to get started?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. I was like, oh my god, that was incredible Okay,
0: so we got the millennials take on it It's weird We might get the scorched earth yet But you often have the uh, textbook dancer Correct me if I'm wrong Does that make sense? Yep You've been doing a lot of stuff from the 80s, a lot of comedies Holiday rap by MC Michael G and DJ Swen So this wasn't a film that I grew up with It's boring as I think as but, I yes. know that, could you sing us a few bars? What the living hell am I watching? Okay, so this week we are going to be running down our top. We decided to kind of amalgamate things and we could do movies or TV specials for Christmas because Christmas is a special time of year. As I mentioned, for me, it certainly is. Uh, So and and every year when Christmas rolls around, man, I love watching all those specials and all those movies over and over again. Uh, So we decided to go through our top five. Uh, Do you want to start us off? Why don't we start at five? We'll go to the number one, as we always do. Yancey, what's your number five favorite uh, Christmas movie or TV special?
1: Yeah. So really quickly, the progression that we went, you and I texting back and forth, just trying to decide on a show topic. Um, Initially, it was like, yeah, we could just do like Christmas movies or do you just want to do Christmas specials? And then I was thinking about I'm like, well, wait, I honestly remember uh, many, many episodes, Chris, whenever we were doing um, like the greatest movie soundtracks of all time. Oh, yeah. And I referenced Interstellar. With Sammy Sammy Reed, right? Yeah, with Sammy. uh, And um. I mentioned Interstellar and you're like, that's not a, that's not a soundtrack. That's a score. Right. (laughs) And I, and it it was more more just to try and burn
0: you than anything else, but it's
1: right. But, but, but a part of you was 100% correct. Right. And I'd never actually, um, I've, I never really processed that in my head that there was actually two distinct things. And you know, that was the name of them. Just like whenever you mentioned that, I was like, wait. I have to think about, like, what is actually a Christmas special? Because I don't really remember, like, seeing or watching something, like, live on, on TV as a Christmas special. And after I go doing research, I realize, like, all of my favorite Christmas movies that I've been watching since I was a child, those were Christmas specials that have just been readapted and put on DVD. And, you know, my I've just been led to believe that these were, like, straight-to-DVD releases or something when they're actually Christmas specials, like you said. So right. that's a really long-winded intro into this. But well, um, well,
0: before you jump into number five, then, how about this? Yes, because um, maybe we should be maybe define what is a Christmas movie because I saw an interesting you know our buddy Mike Gianella on Twitter you know yep. obviously I'm g- aware great yes. guy he was he had a really good debate going you obviously saw it did you where he was saying like what is a Christmas movie what isn't a Christmas movie and he was making some really good points about how if Christmas is an integral part of the plot then therefore it's a Christmas movie and if you took Christmas out of the movie would the movie still be the same if it would be, then it's not necessarily a Christmas movie. Right. So he made some good points. So should we like lay some ground rules as to what what construes a Christmas movie and what doesn't?
1: I actually didn't see this thread with Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like where he's going with this. And let me let me just ask this real real quickly. Did he reference Die Hard as like a Christmas movie? Because I know that's like one of the most polarizing. I know. Is it a Christmas movie or not? Movies of all time.
0: He did. There was some debate about that. And I don't know. There was a lot of debate from a lot of different points whether or not it was because I think the point ultimately in the thread was, well, if you took Christmas out of it, it would still be terrorists in a building. So it's all good. I don't know. It's that you could argue it either way. Right. So um, but anyway, it's just some food for thought. But we can just get started. So uh, so start with your number five and we'll work our way up. What do you got?
1: Okay, so number five for me, um, as with most of these picks you're going to see for me tonight, they're pretty chalky. Um, as a general rule, I'm a bit of a curmudgeon when it comes to Christmas. Not that I hate Christmas or that uh, I, I don't like spending time with my family. I do love all those things. Um, I work in retail and retail management and uh, most of the joys of the holiday season are completely stripped away from you. Um, You get like a bastardized form of Christmas because you work every single day but Christmas day and then you're back in at two o'clock in the morning the next day so people can return all the gifts that they just told everybody they were so thankful for the next day. They can't even wait until the weekend's over. Um, But it just kind of gives you like a a skewed, slightly pessimistic view on, on, on the holidays. And, you know, I try to avoid Christmas decorations. My wife and I, to this day, we've been married almost seven years and we've never had a christmas tree in the house um we just don't put up decorations we don't exchange gifts um and it's like I said, it's not even like I'm, um, you know, I don't love my wife or I don't like spending time with her, but I just don't get into it as much. Um, so like, I couldn't name a bunch of movies as far as like, uh, you know, Christmas movies and Christmas specials go that mean something really, really sentimental to me. I kind of gravitated towards ones where I can always remember watching them with my family. Um, my mom is a Christmas nut. Like she literally puts up four or five Christmas trees. She has boxes and boxes full of Christmas ornaments and stuff. But Uh, I cannot get a concise thought out tonight, Chris, without rambling really, really bad. And I know you're probably staring at the clock, so let me just get to it. No, it's okay. (laughs) Number five for me is A Christmas Story. I actually didn't realize that this movie was made in 1983. I just always remember it as being such an older movie. I honestly thought it was was made in the 60s or 70s. Well, because it's set
0: like in the 50s or something, right?
1: Yeah, it was set in the 1940s from the research that I did. And like I said, I... I, I guess that's by design. It's almost like with Fargo where nobody really knows what the time frame is for Fargo or like even Napoleon Dynamite. It doesn't explicitly say, you know, what time it is, but you're just pulling off of context clues to see, you know, I think it's in Indiana and it's roughly in the 1940s, like late 40s to early 50s and stuff. But um, I just think it's a perfect Christmas story. No pun intended, just because it, it it shows the relationship between he and his mom, how his mom is, you know, super loving and, um, you know, he's kind of a mama's boy, but he's also trying to like break out away from that, like, you know, that mom was boy facade. And, you know, he's got the little brother, the little dorky brother that reminds me of my relationship to me and my older brother. Um, you know, the bully at school, what's his name? Furcus or <laughs> there's there's just so many things that I find super endearing to it. It's one of those films where I don't ever actively look to watch it, but every time it's on TV, especially during the holidays, obviously, I'm, I'm going to sit down and watch all of it and just really, really enjoy it. So super, super long. I'll try to keep the next one short, but number five for me is A Christmas Story. That is a good one. And I would
0: mention a couple honorable mentions and that would be in it. It doesn't make my top five, but it's close. And one of the reasons why that movie is near and dear to me was because part of it was shot, some of the exterior shots were done in St. Catharines, Ontario. And I went to school in St. Catharines, I went to university there. And uh, the school that you see-I did see, not know that. Yeah, the school that you see uh, is in St. Catharines. It was right around the corner from where I lived. And so we, we I'd walk by it almost every day and say, Oh, there's the school from a Christmas story. So I was like that. It was uh, it was sort of like a Canadian type production. You know, for lack of a better uh, thing, because Bob Clark, you know, did it. But uh, yeah, I know that movie was a good one. And Melinda Dillon and Darren McGavin were so good at that movie. Man, oh man, they were good as parents. So yeah, that's an honorable mention for me. Um, A couple other honorable mentions I'll throw out before I get into my top five. Um, A Charlie Brown Christmas just missed. And that's going to disappoint some people. I really like that a lot, but it just missed. I also like Scrooged uh, with Bill Murray. Uh, the 1951 Alistair Sim, A Christmas Carol is just so good. Um, and then a couple other fun ones. Um, the Happy Days Christmas Special special When Fonzie Rode the Wooden Motorcycle. And of course, one from your generation, Yancey, that I've always liked is the South Park where Mr. Hankey the Christmas Boo. I just, just <laughs> something, there's something about that that I remember the first time I saw that and the kids go and meet him for the first time and then he's like, I just let me go get my toothbrush. And I'm like, why does he need a toothbrush? He's like, oh, geez, it's, I, there's something about that I like a lot. So those are all uh, uh, some of my honorable mentions. But my number five. Oh Yancey, I don't know if you've ever heard of this thing before. oh, this is—it's the Star Wars holiday special. Have you ever heard of this before?
1: I, I believe you've referenced it in the past. I've never actually watched it. Back in 1978,
0: Yancey, let me tell you, there was nothing bigger than Star Wars when it came out. It you know, in the year before in '77, it took over pop culture. It just—it was just something to be a part of back then. I so, anyways, you can imagine how pumped I was when I found out they were coming out with a Star Wars holiday special in late '78, right? Right. I'll just hold the phone for a second there, young man. Uh, this one makes my list not because it's awesome, but instead because it's so bad it was and you know how for much, you
1: for oh, you that's almost a prerequisite
0: you know how much i love campy cheesy <laughs> stuff you know and let me tell you you don't get much campier and cheesier than the star wars holiday special you can go ahead and look it up i it's available on youtube in its entirety so you can go and watch it yancy when we're done the podcast watch it like you are just going to be in shock it's 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 sort of the stuff of legend in the star wars universe and not in a good way uh because so it's basically about chewbacca and chewbacca trying to get to his home planet uh, to be with his family for life day. It's some Wookiee holiday or something like that. And like Princess Leia is in it. She sings a song. B. Arthur runs the bar at Moss Iceley. Yes, B. Arthur from the Golden Girls, and she <laughs> sings a song in it too. And uh, oh man, I think probably the only thing that's really good about this whole mess is that um, Chewbacca's son at one point watches a cartoon, and it's a car- it's Star Wars kind of a Star Wars related cartoon, and Boba Fett is in it. First time Boba Fett makes an appearance in the Star Wars universe. Other than that, it's just a big hot steaming mess. But let me tell you, it's the stuff of lore. It's cheesy, it's campy, and so for that reason, it makes my list. What's your number four?
1: So that's interesting. It's almost like um, what's the saying? Um, it's like pizza and sex. Like even even really bad Star Wars is still good just because it's Star Wars. You know what I mean? Is it? Oh, is yeah. it one of I, those things? Yeah,
0: it is. It is, and I, and I agree that that's part of it. And the other part of it too is it's become such lore in the Star Wars world and the thing was I was there and watched it when it came out I was excited when it came out and I watched it and the thing with is is that Star Wars was so magical because the special effects in it were just bigger than life at the time and it was just so good and you watch this this holiday special and it's just so bad the special effects it looks like they had 50 bucks left in the budget and said hey let's make a show like it was so so bad
1: but uh, yeah
0: I was there for it so that's part of it too I guess so anyway uh, what do you got for number four
1: uh, number four for me. I think a lot of people would regard as maybe their first or second of all time. It's it's really really rated highly if you look online on like Rotten Tomatoes and you know any pop culture site you can think of where they'd have these kinds of lists. Um, I probably watched it maybe maybe ten times. Uh, maybe every other year I'll see it on TV, and it's uh it's a wonderful life from 1946. Oh, yes. Um, what I like about this movie, it's it's such a departure from a lot of other Christmas movies that you see, where um, a lot of those are overwhelmingly. Um, like happy. It's just about, you know, putting in Christmas themes, but not necessarily talking about like the importance of um just you know gratitude. and there's such a darkness to this. like think Capra he he does such an amazing job just making like his life so dire, so and there's a lizard running across my desk. I'm sorry, it's making a ton of noise. Um, there's snow
0: there's snow on the ground here in Canada, and we don't have lizards. That's just so incredible.
1: Yeah <laughs> anyways, I'm sorry, he literally like scurried across the mic. um, that's so <laughs> weird. Um, but anyways, I just love how it sets it up to where George is, he's, he's so depressed. He's seriously contemplating suicide. It's, you know, it's something that, you know, there was a stigma attached to suicide. There still is a social stigma that's attached to that. And for them to make that like be at the forefront of a film back in the 1940s, you know, coming right out of World War II, especially like the timing and everything of it, it's just, um, it, it's like a deeply real, wonderful, beautiful movie. This is one of those films I think where black and white. It being in black and white added so much to it, and yes. I'm not sure if there's a color version of it. I've never seen it. I imagine they, there's a way for them to to restore it or, or or do whatever. But I I feel like this is one of those films where it just adds so much to it. It actually being in black and white because you're fo- you're you're basically forced to focus on on such you know simple things, and there's so much emotion that comes out of you know it, it, it's so emotive and evocative to be able to see people and know exactly what they're seeing and and, and thinking. And I don't know, I'm not making a concise point to save my life tonight, but it's just an incredibly, incredibly beautiful film that's about Christmas roughly, but it's also not all rainbows and butterflies. It's dark. uh, It's a man grasping with real life questions. And it's just, it's just a classic for me. So that's my number four probably should be higher, but uh, that's where I'm putting it.
0: Okay. So this doesn't happen very often. So um, my number four, it's a Wonderful Life from nineteen forty six. Yeah, we don't we don't we don't agree on too many things, but we definitely agree on this film. I agree with you on everything you said, and there's something to be said. I think okay. Remember, I mentioned before I just lay it all out there on the podcast. I don't mind saying it. Um, I mentioned before how The Killing Fields is a movie that made me cry. This mm-hmm. one, this one did it too, and, and there's something about the story. Where somebody, because you think about early on in the film and you follow this guy along, he has really big dreams. Remember, he's going to travel all over the world and he's going he's got that big suitcase and it's going to have stickers on it from all over the world and he's going to do this and do that and he's going to get out of this little town and he's going to do all these things, but he doesn't. He gives it all up over and over again. He gives it all up for other people. And Hmm. as a result, that, you know, puts him into the depression, like you mentioned. And then it's that whole sort of study about, you know, you know what? You know what? At what point? You know, do you have to put your dreams on hold for the betterment of others and things like that? There's just something about it that just gets me every time. And the other thing that gets me about this movie is, and like I'm, you know, obviously I'm happily married, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But I will say one thing: every year on Christmas Eve, I fall in love with Donna Reed. All. Over again, I absolutely (laughs) am enamored with her performance in this movie. Like almost no other performance, I don't know what it is. There's just something about it that just I just fall off a cliff every time I watch this movie. There's, I I agree. This movie is absolutely magical. It's my number four as well. There we go. We agree on one. Unbelievable.
1: That is kind of unbelievable. I uh, I I don't know. I really wanted to make it higher, but I was kind of the the arbitrary you know, scale that I was using to rank these was just actual impact as far as, you know, how many times I've watched it, its relation to, you know, me watching with my family and stuff. So it probably, as far as like an actual film, it's probably my favorite of the list that I have. But um, again, just for continuity's sake, that's kind of how I ranked it. But uh, number three for me is something that you actually gave as an honorable mention. It's 1965's A Charlie Brown Christmas. Yes. Um, again, I did not realize that this was even a Christmas special. I didn't realize that Christmas specials were a thing until I started doing some research. And just as a random aside, because I'm apparently full of them tonight. Um, Hold I on a second. This- Hold on a second here. D- I got to put the brakes on for a second. Here. What's that? So you're, you're telling me, I just want to make sure I'm
0: understanding this correctly. You're telling me that until recently, you didn't even realize that there was such a, a thing as Christmas specials?
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to be even remotely funny or like intentionally ignorant to this. Like, I, I honestly didn't know. I just assumed that it was just like a Christmas movie, and that terminology didn't even really hold any type of meaning for me whatsoever. Every, so, but every year at Christmas, these shows come on. You know, Frost. Do, do they and Rudolph. do they
0: because you millennials? <laughs> I'm telling you, I just tell you, it's just something that's on DVD in the in the in the five dollar bin at Walmart. Is that all it is? It's done, yeah. It's, don't, don't don't
1: do you get television? Chris, I don't don't even have TV hooked up in my house. I don't have cable. I don't have anything like that. I have, you know, subscription services. And the only thing that I actually watch live that's appointment viewing for me is sporting events. And that's basically it. Otherwise, I'm not just like turning on the TV the same time every single week to watch like a special show. You know what I mean? Like that's just something that that doesn't. It doesn't...
0: There's very few things in my life that have been continuous from when I was young until when I'm an adult. Like, there's there's a few things. Because, you know, you, you mature and you grow up, right? But there's been a few things that have been maintained a constant throughout my life. And Christmas specials is one of them. When I was a kid couldn't wait until after american thanksgiving Uh, and i say american thanksgiving because up in canada our thanksgiving is in october but after american thanksgiving all the christmas specials would start and i could watch them all on tv on like a tuesday night and at eight o'clock we would stand we would watch these christmas specials and it was such a special thing i don't know i just it's so amazing to me that that you don't have that like i say that's one constant a couple other constants i have are things like fish sticks ice cream sandwiches and ravioli out of the can those are three things (laughs) that i've liked since i was a kid and an adult but this one is like Christmas specials. I can't believe you don't have those things. Man, man, you didn't even know they existed. <laughs> I tell you, I feel,
1: I feel sorry for you. Yeah. Likewise, I, I I also feel sorry for me and so <laughs> <for other people. laughs> um, But, but anyway, uh, so back to Charlie Brown Christmas. You'll yeah. Like just to be, just to be a little more brief, um, a Charlie Brown Christmas is from 1965, and the point I was going to make is that there was apparently like a golden era as far as Christmas specials go. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas came out in 1965. Uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas was in 1966, the year my parents were born. Uh, Rudolph 1964. Frosty the Snowman 1969. Yep. Like there was a period of like four or five years where these were like the biggest things going. And decades later, you know, over half a century later, uh, they're still just as popular as they were then. So that was like a really weird time in history where these were like such a big thing and they they basically struck gold on nearly every single Christmas special. Like, do you remember that? Well, oh, yeah. you weren't born. Oh
0: yeah. Well, that was a bit before I was born, but I mean, all throughout the 70s and 80s, they, they played them all the time. Not all of them were hits, though. There was a couple. I remember there's one, it's called um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, and it's like mm-hmm. about it's about Santa when he was young and he has got red hair. It's just terrible the songs in it it's like musical the songs are horrible the story's dumb the characters are awful it is just terrible but for the most part a lot of those other ones those claymation ones the anime they were so good you're right a lot of them really hit the mark
1: yeah so um just just, just to wrap it up, uh, A Charlie Brown Christmas, everybody has seen it, I hope. Um, Linus just delivering the most beautiful answer to, you know, does anybody really know what Christmas is about? It's just beautiful. It's kind of like an animated 1960s version of The Breakfast Club where you have like this whole cast of characters and they all have different personalities. And it's just showing how they interact with each other or fail to interact with each other. You know, there's all of these different personality types and, and different motivations and stuff that that plays out. But um, in the end, it's, it's just wrapped up in like this beautiful spirit and meaning of Christmas that... I don't know. It's just so iconic. And even though the animation is so dated, um, I think the way that it is animated makes it special in and of itself. Just like you mentioned the claymation and stuff. It's Mm -hmm. it's like a time capsule to see these cartoons that look like that. And they're still every bit as entertaining as they were at the time. So that's my number three is a Charlie Brown Christmas from 1965.
0: Another another thing I would give kudos to the Charlie Brown Christmas, because it's the only one of all those Christmas specials that actually injected a little bit of religious element to it. A lot right. of everyone stayed away from it, but that one, you know, and it didn't make it front and center. It didn't dwell on it, but it touched base mostly that I remember with Linus's speech when he's talking about, you know, uh, the angel of the Lord appears and all that. So, yeah, that's Charlie Brown Christmas is a good one. It, it, it should have made higher on my list. But, uh, you know, I like the cheesy stuff. So speaking of which, uh, my number three, you already mentioned from 1969, that's Frosty the Snowman. It is, uh, let's just say it's not the greatest animation of all time. <laughs> it's kind of crappy. Uh, Jimmy Durante is in it. And. He he sounds like he's been chain smoking for forty years. That guy, I can't believe he's like narrating a kid's Christmas thing because he just sounds like he's like Frosty the Snowman. It's like what the <laughs> hell is this guy? Like, it's scary, you know, for children. Um, it's but scary. It is. <laughs> but uh, the voice of Frosty was Jackie Vernon, and he did a really good job. I really liked him in it. But like I say, the animation is pretty crappy. And they, I remember, they came out with this really, really bad sequel in the eighties. The animation was even worse. It was really. Really awful. But there's just something about Frosty that I just like with the, you know, with the magician and the rabbit and the magic of Fro- – I don't know. I've always liked that one. It's it, it's someone I, I've watched since I was a kid, and my kids have started watching it, and they like it too. So it's all the way up to number three for me. So on to your number two.
1: Uh, number two for me, probably my most-watched Christmas movie of all time. Uh, if you ask my mom what her favorite movie was, uh, I think she would say like Chitty Bang Bang, Tombstone – and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, There's very few negotiables with my mom. She is the salt of the earth. She's super loving. She, She does for everybody constantly, and all she wants is for her family to be together. That's literally, my parents to a T, the most... Immaterialistic, completely giving, selfless people I've ever met my entire life. Um, all my mom wants is for like us kids to come over and be together on holidays, and she just wants to watch <laughs> Rudolph the red Rednosed Reindeer. And um, I remember one year I was like 12 or 13 or something, and I was just over it. I was like, I don't want to watch you know these Christmas movies and stuff. And my mom was like begging me, and I was so immature and like so childish about that. I basically like stormed up my my room or whatever, and and I didn't watch Rudolph with her. And this sounds so stupid. It's it's not even talking about the movie specifically but um i don't know like looking back like that was like one of the most embarrassing moments of my life where it's like you know mom doesn't ask for anything but like once a year can you watch like a a, you know a freaking movie with her you know what Mm -hmm. i mean it's just like one of those things you look back when you just feel so petty and childish of her so um my mom sometimes listens if she listens to this i you know i hope she knows i'm sorry but Rudolph is obviously classic. You mentioned Claymation. We don't really see much of that anymore. Occasionally, like every few years, you'll see like some adult comedy pop up that's, you know, in Claymation or whatever. But for the most part, it seems like a kind of like a forgotten art form. Um, it's just a beautiful movie. I, I I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I mean, you know, the Kirby doesn't like to make toys phrase has been uttered in my family literally thousands of times like we use that as an inside joke on each other and the island of misfit toys and just I don't know the whole thing about it just all the songs the the artwork everything about it's just so beautiful and it's like I said it's just the one thing that makes me think about like you know being a child and having Christmas with my with all my siblings and my mom being the first one up, you know, she would always get it before his kids just because she was so excited. I mean, what does that say about like a mom where like she's so excited that like she's the one waking up at three o'clock in the morning because she's she just can't wait. She just wants yeah. her kids to like open presents and stuff. So, um, Rudolph is it, it feels like home for me, it feels like family. So that's my number two.
0: And the cool thing I like about Rudolph too is like it does have such a good message. And you know, and I mean, the, the whole idea that you know, he's a misfit, right? And then so he mm-hmm. goes and finds his friend, you know, he makes kinship with other misfits and The whole point is that it's okay if you're a misfit, you can still be loved. I think it's such such a good – I just love that one too. So, okay, because we're of different generations, we're often at odds, you and I, you know, with our takes on things. But occasionally, Christmas is one thing that can bring us together because my number two is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer as well.
1: Look at us. And
0: I agree with you. Hermie wants to be a dentist. He's a misfit. Rudolph has a red nose. He's a misfit. All those toys, you know, the Charlie in the box and everything else, it's so, so good. And Bumble, who doesn't, like – Bumble, the Abominable Snowman and Yukon Cornelius throw it up the pickaxe and it goes in the snow and he licks it. And oh man, <laughs> you know, one thing I've seen, watch that. I watched that, you know, and you mentioned it as a movie. It is, it's an hour special, right? You know, it's, it's a Christmas special. It comes on TV every year, yeah, So You should really watch it. And one of the things I've, <laughs> I've seen it so, so many times that there's one part of it that always. I always look at it and go, man, that's weird. And so if you get a chance, especially if you watch it on DVD where there's a lot more clarity, when you see Santa Claus, especially at the beginning when he comes out, first of all, Santa Claus is a real d***. Because he's like mean to he's mean to everybody, you know. Okay, you can't so there,
1: say that about Santa
0: Claus. I know, I know. It'll get beeped out anyway. The censors will beep it. It's all good. But you know, Santa Claus is really, really mean. And um, the thing is, though, is that you look at Santa. I don't know why he's being. You know, one of the reasons why he's probably so mean. If you look really closely, his hands are really, really, really dirty. They're like they're all black. I don't know what. It, there's something about that seat at the beginning. You look and you're like, what the heck, Santa Claus would do it? Is he been doing? he like? Has he been playing with dirt? Like his hands are completely black. I don't know if it's because the people were moving his you know, his hands to do the claymation and their hands were dirty. But anyway, it's something, go back, watch it. You're going to go, man, Santa Claus's hands are really dirty. Chris is right. But anyway, that aside, it's number two on my list. (laughs) I notice everything about this crap. Oh, I've seen him so many times, I guess. So on to your number one. What's your number one favorite Christmas movie or Christmas special? Christmas special. Uh, Gansy just learned tonight that those things exist. So what would it be? Number one.
1: Uh, two really quick honorable mentions, sure, how the sure. Grinch stole Christmas uh, yep. again from 1966 voiced by uh, Boris Karloff, who at the time I didn't know who Boris Karloff was. And then I, I used to be a, like, I told you this, like my whole childhood, I was obsessed with Tom Petty and my brother, we were listening to, uh, I can't remember which album. I think it's full moon fever. Um, but he, he, he sings a song called zombie zoo and he talks about like, you look like Boris Karloff and you don't even know. And I ended up having to like, look up Boris Karloff and it took me down this rabbit hole where I was like, Oh, like he was Frankenstein and oh, he also voiced the Grinch. Yeah. And yeah. Um, just kind of weird, like hearing that in a Tom Petty song and not knowing what it is. I was just like a kid. I was like, yeah, you know, Tom Petty's cool. I like him. But, uh, that, uh, that was a, uh, honorable mention. And, uh, Frosty the Snowman. I don't think it's the most inventive. I don't think it's the most creative, or or you know the most well animated. But I've seen it like fifty times. That's one of the first you know movies I thought of. So I kind of wanted to mention it. Uh, number one for me, this is entirely a Yancey pick. This is not me trying to acquiesce to the the listeners or trying to you know get something that I think other people want to hear. Uh, this is purely like a me thing, and it's the Office Christmas Party Special. Uh, cool. The show, The Office, the the United States version, not the UK version. Well documented from the past. That I love this show. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. It's like comfort viewing for me. If I can't find something to watch, or if I'm just stressed out, and I or I just want something going on in the background, I always gravitate towards this. I've I've watched it multiple multiple times. Um, what's makes this one particular Christmas special so exciting? or so funny to me is the Yankee Swap that is initiated. Basically, everybody had a Secret Santa, and uh, they decide that it would be more fun if they have a Yankee Swap where everybody plays a game. And you basically are trading off gifts. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on with that, where you know the love interest Jim and you know he likes Pam, and so he basically buys her this custom teapot with all these like you know memories and inside jokes and stuff put inside the teapot, and he basically professes his love to her. Um, it's a really, really well done, funny, but also like painfully heartbreaking episode because it actually doesn't work out to where, you know, he takes the note back out and all kinds of stuff ensues whenever, like, you know, an iPod is thrust into the gift giving where everybody wants this, you know, $400 iPod, even though the, the, the gift, you know, the gift limit was... $20 or something like that. Um, it's just a really, really good episode. And also, I mean, if you could see some of the other Christmas episodes the office has, like a Benahana Christmas, or like they they, they literally have like Mongolian-themed Christmas parties. It just makes me laugh because like every holiday party I've ever been at in work has always been kind of lame. And it's not really even a party at all because it's a corporate setting. It's just like, hey, there's food here. And there's also like super ambiguous happy holiday decorations. You know what I mean? They're like, there's not technically a Christmas tree or there's not actually a menorah. It's just... You know, generic holiday, like, and it does a really good job of captivating that like in you know, just like how lame corporate parties are. um, my favorite show, one of my favorite shows of all time. I love all the Christmas episodes, and uh, I mean, I guess The Simpsons has some good ones too that could have on- made an honorable mention, but uh the office Christmas party I think it's episode sixteen or seventeen overall from season one. It's absolutely fantastic. So that's my number one.
0: There you go. That's a
1: good, that's a good Yancey pick. Okay. My number
0: one is How the Grinch
1: Stole Christmas. And I'm not
0: talking about that stupid Jim Carrey Crapfest from 2000 either. Is it bad?
1: Is it bad? I haven't seen the Jim Carrey one.
0: Oh God, it's, Awful. It's absolutely unwatchable. It's so, 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 so bad. But I'm talking about, of course, the 30 minute animated TV special, Yancy, from 1966 with Boris Karloff, as you mentioned. The other thing about it, too, like, first of all, you know, we talked before about, you know, some of the, the themes, you know, and, and these great, you know, sort of uplifting messages. What could be more uplifting at Christmas time than the, this concept of, you know, this Grinch who steals everything from these people, takes everything, every last crumb that they have, he steals it. And, of course, they all come out, they all hold hands, and they sing the song, you know? Well, you know, Ma, you know Ma, why he stole it. Foray, da, they, they sing. And they just love Christmas
1: so much. So. You know why they stole from him, Chris? What's that? Or why he stole from them. You know why the Grinch is why he is, right?
0: Uh, I, well, that's the thing. I think that Jim Carrey movie kind of went into a backstory on it or whatever. And uh, I don't care. The, the 30-minute cartoon doesn't go into the backstory i don't want to know the backstory
1: That's it does not the chris it does it's because he has a heart two sizes too small yes but his heart grew
0: two <laughs> sizes that day
1: yancy and uh, so it made it such
0: an uplifting memory It broke the uh the magnifying glass it was so cool and so many other good things about that there's max the dog like i say the mahu foray song i love that and that Thur- Thurl ravencroft was the guy's name it does the singing you know he's got that really deep voice Mm-hmm. You know, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. He used to do Tony the Tiger back in the 70s and 80s. That guy, he you know, they're great. That guy.
1: Really? Yeah. Same guy. Same, same
0: guy. Right. And there's just so many things about that, like just the roast beast and everything. And it's just so wacky. And it's got the bizarre Dr. Zeus world of all these gadgets and creatures and people that are involved in it. But at the end... It just has a really big heart. And in fact, yeah, a heart that's two sizes, too small, and then grows two <laughs> sizes. So there you go. So it's all good. Yeah, that's my number one for sure. That's like, there's so many good Christmas movies, Christmas specials, and stuff like that. I just love Christmas. Christmas is great. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna
1: Honestly, have to, Chris, like this, I, I'm going to consider this a Christmas miracle that you and I had so much overlap. That's yes, kinda cool. it is. It's, it's like it's a festivist
0: miracle. There you go. Okay, time now for some <laughs> fun with Yancey. Okay, Yancey. I'm going to challenge you this week and I'm going to give you some trivia questions. So what do you think? You think we can uh, we can handle these?
1: Um, I'm going to try. I don't know if I'm going to do particularly well. So, OK, well, well, we'll do our best here. OK, Charlie Brown Christmas. We talked about that one, right?
0: You right. like that movie. It's on your list. You love it. So you're going to know this very well. So what traditional Christmas carol does the entire Peanuts gang get together at the end and hum and then eventually sing at the end of the show? <laughs>
1: damn it chris snoopy's got the long nose <laughs> in the mouth Ooh. oh uh joy to the world it's hark the herald angel sing that's actually the name of the song
0: yes you don't know that song and the parents of course don't sing along because if they did it'd be like <laughs> okay rudolph you mentioned rudolph and you love rudolph so here's an easy one for you rudolph had a girlfriend what was her name
1: Oh, my God. I can't even remember her name. Um, Let me think about it for a second. Uh, Vixen?
0: No, Vixen. (laughs) (laughs) It's because you don't watch these things on TV every year. That's why it's Clarice. 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 Yes, Clarice. Okay, I'm going to give you one that's in your wheelhouse, okay? In Elf. You know the movie with (laughs) Will Ferrell? Elf? It's in your generation. Yes. Okay. In that movie... Will Farrell's character delivers a 12-second belch, making it the longest belch in screen history. Yancey, though, what Gen X movie character held the previous record for the longest screen belch at seven seconds? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a movie that I made you watch.
1: Um, was it from uh, Revenge of the Nerds? Yes.
0: What was the character's name? Oh, you're so close.
1: I cannot remember his name oh, to man. Save my life.
0: It was Booger. Come on, Yancey. Jeepers. <laughs>
1: With okay. all due respect, Chris, like, as soon as I watched that, I was ready to kind of flush it from my memory. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you hated that movie. Oh, man, this is all oh, you're so wrong. Uh, of course, you, know, you grew up without TV specials. It's just the way you was raised, I guess. Okay, uh, in Home Alone, you know Home Alone. You obviously know that movie. You've seen it many times, I'm assuming.
1: Chris, as soon as you said that, all of a sudden I feel like I cannot believe I didn't put that in my – Oh, my God. What, uh, a, yeah. what, a, what a really blatant omission. That is oh, so oh, wow. bad.
0: Well, the, we're bringing it up in the trivia section, so it's all good. You, you grew up without TV, Christmas TV specials. It's just the way you are. It's all good. <laughs> um, uh, so in Home Alone, which actor improvised all of his lines for the movie? Yancey, do you know?
1: Mm, I'll give you I don't. A,
0: I'll give you a hint. He really only had one scene in the movie. But it was a pretty long scene, and he improvised the whole thing, made it up from scratch.
1: Um, I don't know. It was John Candy. Remember
0: in the back of the truck when he's going on and on about the 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 band that he's with? And no,
1: not ringing a bell, Chris. Have you seen the movie? Have you? I have. I have seen it. Honestly, I can't even remember John Candy being in it. So, like, oh, I'm going to have to go back man. and look oh, at it. Jeepers,
0: I tell you, I just some days I just give up. Again, It's because you didn't grow up watching TV specials. That's what's wrong. <laughs> um, OK, so the last question is this. This is actually a debate question. I want to know what are your thoughts? And you mentioned it briefly before. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie?
1: Using the criteria we set aside before, if you took Christmas out of it, does it still make sense as a movie? And the answer is yes so no die hard is not a christmas movie
0: Mm, there you go there's like
1: i say there's a lot of debate flying around uh i don't know what are your thoughts
0: uh i i don't really think it's a christmas movie either to be honest with you because for the exact same reason that you said if you take christmas out of the movie it still stands as a film if you take christmas out of rudolph the movie the special doesn't exist you take christmas out of how the grinch stole christmas the Grinch doesn't steal anything. It can't exist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. in this case, you're right, you can. So I think for that reason, I would have to lean toward Die Hard not being a Christmas movie. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of flack for it. If you disagree with us, you can always find us on Twitter, at Yancey Eaton, or at C. McBrien, or you can always go to popcozierworld.com, Find all our contact information there. Shoot us a mean email or anything like that. But uh, So that kind of wraps up our Christmas special, uh, Christmas movie, Christmas special show this week. Yancey, next week, it's going back to you. It's going back to the millennium generation, it's your turn to throw a movie to me that I will watch between now and next week, and we will come back and we will debate and review the movie. What movie would you like me to watch, young
1: man? I'm going to go with another super, super obscure dystopian movie. What what uh, a shock.
0: Again, (laughs) it explains so much this week. This is why you like the dystopian, you know, uh, post-apocalyptic movies. You didn't grow up watching TV specials every year. That's why.
1: Oh, yeah. I I never had a chance, Chris. I never had a chance. So then you grew up Um,
0: like a dystopian films. What dystopian mess do I have to sit through this time?
1: So it's actually not like a, an obscure dystopian film at all. It is slightly dystopian, but uh, it's 2008's A Dark Knight. I want to talk about this movie. It's one of the best movies of all time, and it just so happens to like have come out whenever you know I was an adult for the first time. It's an amazing freaking movie. I know you're going to like it, but it, this just gives me an excuse to talk about it. So A Dark Knight from 2008. A Dark Knight. That's not the Dark Knight, the Batman movie. The Dark Knight. What did I say? A it's Dark
0: Knight? A night? Dark Knight. So I'm thinking it's like, okay, there's a there's a night that's really, really dark. And so <laughs> bad things happen because it's so dark. There's no light. So you're talking about the Batman film, the second of Christopher Nolan's Batman night. films. <laughs> the Dark Knight. Night with a K, right? That's
1: don't play, what we're... don't play, you know, don't, <laughs> this isn't a joke, Chris. You know, what? I, the Dark Knight. Okay? The Dark Maybe night. you're right. You know what I do that with too a lot, Chris? What's that? I say Big Lebowski and Big and great Lebowski as if they're the same movie interchangeably. And it's very, very embarrassing. That's
0: okay. It's, it's, it's my job to, to you know, rip you down when I can, because that's what we do. We rip each other. Anybody who doesn't believe it, because we're usually pretty nice to each other. Anybody who doesn't believe it should be in a fantasy baseball league with us, and they'll see how much we rip each other. <laughs> so it's all good. Uh, so, okay, I will watch The Dark Knight. And uh, we will come back and we will discuss that movie for sure. It's really good because I, we'll, get, we'll save this for next week. I, I obviously grew up watching Tim Burton's Batman. So this is going to be a very interesting take on next week. I'm looking forward to this already. Okay? So make sure awesome. you join us again next week. Like I said, find us on Twitter at C McBrien or at Yance Eaton. Until then, this is Chris McBrien for Yance Eaton saying thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Pop Goes Your World podcast. Continue the conversation on Twitter at C McBrien or at Yancey Eaton. Please consider leaving a review for the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show.